another day another fpl pod jack how are we doing josh we're good yeah i'm good we're back in action after a brief uh, hiatus after the end of the season so yeah great to be back recording with you on zoom like we did last season um yeah i'm good you good yeah good just had a little end of season cool down didn't we really you know enjoy ourselves after the season passed and um yeah, back fresh now. And yeah, all good. All good. Thanks, Jack. Father's Day. We're recording on Father's Day. So it's, uh, yeah. yeah, what a lovely day to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Happy Father's Day to you as well, Josh, as a father. Oh, thanks, Jack. Very Cheers. good. And yeah, so back fresh. We've had a little, just, we've had a little, we've had time to relax, to cool off, to reflect on our first season of FBL, haven't we? Um, and we've made a bit of a radical decision, I guess, haven't we, Josh? Um, do you want to tell the listeners what that is? Yeah. Well, like you said, put our heads together and we thought we're going to change the format, basically, was our conclusion. And we're going to not do a, a regular weekly and cover your every day or every week kind of topics of captaincy and fixtures, etc. But instead, we're going to try and pick out some more juicy topics that kind of cover FPL in, in general, maybe more fun topics as well, a bit creative, get creative with the topics and um, and maybe take a little bit more time to, to cover those and edit them and release them. So that's the general idea. And this is the first one, Jack. So what are we going to cover in this juicy first new format pod? Well, yeah, so today we're going to cover XG and XA. Are they useful in FPL, in planning your FPL? Are they reflective of what will happen on the pitch and ergo for your FPL points? It's a big question, isn't it? Should we use XG and XA when picking our players, when transferring out a player? How useful was it last season? We'll find out today. So, yeah, I'm excited. So, yeah, just, just to finish on why we've changed, I mean, canvassing our listeners and getting feedback like we like, we like to get, you know, both our listeners weren't happy with, uh, with the, I wouldn't say monotony. I'd say, I would say that most, there are dime a dozen FPL pods, aren't they? And all of them do the same thing every week, which is who's the best captain? Who's the best transfer to make? Who should I keep? Who's on the watch list? What are the best fixtures? And it's just, I felt like we weren't really adding much to the sphere of content, were we really? Yeah, we had a cold, hard look at ourselves. And yeah. If, and I'm, if I'm honest, there's... Anything, anyone doing it is, is rubbish, really. <laughs> um, yeah. If I'm honest, those two listeners were a little bit too honest. They were both, yeah. Yeah, they were both, <laughs> both our mothers were annoyed. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, and I think doing it more, say we, we lessen the frequency, but it will give us a chance to do a bit more research like we've done for this one and just chat about more interesting, broader things like the XG and XA. Um, and we've got a nice little pipeline, haven't we, of, of episodes and topics that I think will be, will remain interesting throughout the whole season and beyond. Whereas who's going back and listening to, uh, game week 28 captaincy picks from 2020 nobody is I certainly wouldn't I don't want to hear us chatting about that again so so yeah anyway let's crack on with this episode then Josh of the new dawn um 
So the format will be, so I've researched the XA side of things and you've done the XG, haven't you? So we'll be teaching each other a little bit here. Let's go. Um, so we're going to, so shall I talk about XA first? You move on to XG. Please do, Jack. Please do. Let's do that. Let's do it. So with the XA, the first thing I looked at was, right, who for the 2020 to 21 season, who had the most XA, the top five players, who had the highest XA uh, for the season and how did that compare against their actual assists? So easily done. So when I looked into this, I, I found out that the XA model generally by understat predicted 37 more assists than we got for the season. So the XA, so as a whole across all the 20 teams, every player underperformed collectively by a total of 37 assists. I thought that was interesting. 37 assists, that's almost one per game week. So the model itself is a bit overzealous in that it thinks there's more assists than there actually were. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but in terms of the top five players for XA for the season, so we had Trent at number one, 12.69, KDB, 11.26, Kane at 9.82, Salah 9.79 and Bruno Fernandes at 8.81. So right away, it's probably the names that you might have expected to be on there before the season started, which I thought was worthy of note. So I reckon if we'd have predicted the top five assisters for the season, probably four or five of those we'd have been, we'd have probably predicted, would you say? That's fair. Big names. Yeah, big names, the usual names from the season before. Um, but then comparing their, their actual assists to those, to that XA and looking at the kind of delta between the two, I thought was quite interesting. So Trent got, so Trent had the XA of 12.69 and he got 12. So that was pretty, so just minus 0.69 difference. Um, he underperformed it, but that's a pretty impressive and spot on prediction for Trent, who was the best scorer. However, things get a bit more awry for the, for the other players. So KDB, his XA was 11.26. He got eight assists. So that's a, a negative delta of 3.26. Kane, 9.82. He got nine assists. So another accurate one. But then Salah, 9.79 XA. He got 13 assists. So that's a massive undershoot from the uh, from the XA, unlike KDB, which was an overshoot. And then Bruno Fernandes, as we all know, had a disappointing season. 8.81 expected, got six assists. So a negative 2.81 delta. So I think a mixed bag, really, uh, in terms of the XA. So in terms of how they did the highest XA, but then I thought, well, hang on a minute, Jack, that's all well and good for the highest XA, but what about the players that actually got the most assists for the season? Um, and how, and what did the XA predict and how different are those XA charts to the actual assist charts? So taking a look, number one was Salah with the 13. Uh, and as we saw, he got an XA of 9.79. Fair enough. Trent was second, 12 or 12.69. Uh, but then there were three players who got 10 assists, Mason Mount, Robertson and Bowen. So Kane, Bruno, KDB are not in the charts. So Mount, Robertson and Bowen. Mount got 10 assists. His XA was only 7.21. 
Robertson, 10 assists, XA 6.2, and Bowen got 10 assists. I actually think he got more um, FPL assists than that, Bowen, because I think he won a couple of penalties that the data doesn't count. But actual assists, Bowen got 10, and only with only a 5.82 XA. So that's wildly out. Him and Robertson especially, way far out. The XA just couldn't predict them. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And it, actually, it's less accurate than I would have anticipated. That's across a whole season. Um, and, you know, we say that some players, the better players, quote unquote, will overperform their expected stats. But actually, Trent and Salah, Trent did, to be fair, but, uh, sorry, Salah did, but Trent didn't overperform it. He actually underperformed it, and he's the best assister. So I don't know if that's really, really that accurate a statement to say that the better players over or underperform it. Um, so that was interesting. And then finally, I looked at last season's top expected assists, Sorry, the, yeah, the season before last expected assists who finished top. How did they then fare in their actual assists for the following season? Because I thought, right, when we're picking our players now, we'll look at the top XA for the last season gone. And we want to know, okay, is last season's expected assists helpful when I pick my game week one team? So for 2020 to 21, the... Well, I got the top 10, Josh. I went a bit, well, I must have been bored. I got the top 10. So we had Bruno, KDB, Mount, Rafinha, Son, Grealish, Trent, Mane, Kane, and Harrison. So just by reeling off those names, they were the highest XA for 2020 to 21. So those names. And just by reeling them off, it's already a mixed bag. So if you'd picked Bruno, uh, Grealish, and Harrison, you'd have had a torrid time. So Bruno, as we said, 11.4. He actually got six assists. Uh, I'll reel them down. So KDB, 10.9, got eight assists. Not bad. Mount, 9.8. He got 10 assists. So that was a pretty accurate. Rafinha, his XA for 2021 was 9.5. Uh, his actual assists were only three in 21-22. So if you'd, again, if you'd gone with Rafinha based on XA data you would have been very disappointed. Son, not too bad. He got 9.5 XA the previous season. Then he got seven assists. Grealish, 9.3 XA. He then got three assists. Trent, 8.6, got 12. He's the only overperformer here. Mane, 7.8. He only got two assists last season, which I was quite surprised at, considering I thought he had a good season. Um, and sorry, Kane's the only other overperformer. He got 7.6 XA in 2021. Subsequently, got nine assists. So, and then Harrison, the worst one, 7.5 XA, only got one assist the following season. So, that's all the data there, really, that I got. Um, and in my looking at that, as I said, it was less indicative of... Certainly looking at the previous season XA performance as a predictor for the following season is a really, really real mixed bag. So I would avoid looking at the season just gone, expected assists and saying, right, these boys will be the ones to pick then. Because it's like a 50-50 shot based on the top 10. Um, yeah, and it was even... I was. 
surprised at the lack of accuracy over the course of a season, 38 games of the XA data. I'll be interested to know what the XG data was like um, when you go into it. But yeah, that, those are my findings, really. In short, XA isn't massively helpful, is my, is my view. Yeah, that's, that is interesting because, you know, we use it almost as a cornerstone or like a, definitely like a first stop when you're looking at shortlisting players, don't you? Or mm. it contributes for sure. I've always thought that that would be one of the biggest things to take in. I guess with XA, it's a little bit more difficult because it's not only what that player that we're looking at is doing, but also, you know, they need someone to finish it at the other end as well. Yeah, I should have, I should know this. <laughs> I definitely should have researched this, but is XA, does it only count as XA? Say a player crosses it in, Trent crosses the ball in, and a defender heads it clear. Will that cross be judged for XA, or is it only when there's a shot at the end of the pass? Because otherwise, every pass would be judged for an XA, wouldn't it? Yeah, I thought it was only if it resulted in an. Uh, like a shot or like header or whatever, I but again, I could be wrong. I, I I understood it to be that, but I've never, I never questioned it to that level. I guess. Ah, uh, the model report rewards players who pass into a dangerous area, regardless of whether the receiver takes a shot or not. Interesting. So, so a dangerous is, cross or pass. That's weird because that seems quite subjective to me. Um. And is maybe not helpful. Uh, well, this is just perspective. One, that's just one model, actually. So stats performed, expected assist model measures the likelihood that a given pass will become a goal assist. The model rewards players who pass into dangerous area, regardless of if they take a shot. Zero and one. Yeah, so that's interesting. That's what. That's just one measurement. I mean, again, another problem. I say problem with with XAXG data is there are different there are different organisations that that model them, aren't they? So we use Understat, but I know a lot of people use XFB Ref, isn't it? And there are Stats Bomb and other ones. Um, so the ones I use were Understat. So if I have a look at how they were calculated. Um, I can't find the description, so let's move on. <laughs> but the conclusion is still the same, is maybe it's not quite as locked in as, you know, one of the key things to look out for, for creative players, as we originally thought. I did. That was my takeaway from the from the XA, for sure, which was, yeah, surprising. Some of the, yeah, some of them were really nailed on, like Trent, but then other ones were wildly off. So it was a an interesting one, and that's even in the top five assisters. So... Yeah, very, very, um, very peculiar. Like Bowen was way off, absolutely yeah. miles off. So that's that's interesting. Um, but yeah, so there, there we are. There we are. Let's talk about the real juicy ones, the XG, Josh. So let's people, people really care. People are tuning in for XG, aren't they? Uh, they want goals. We all want goals, let's, don't we? Uh, so, um, tell me what you've learned. So, yeah, I took the same approach as you just, just so we could be kind of consistent. Look to highest XG for the season just passed and then compared that to the actual. And these are the top five as well. So ranking in terms of XG for the season just passed was Salah top uh, 24.36, then followed by Kane 20.69, Jota 17.35, Ronaldo 
at 17.21 and then Sun coming at 16.99. So the Delta, as you said, looking at that XG compared to their actual goals, the top um, three for the XG there all underperformed and scored less goals than they were expected. So Salah um, scored 23 goals compared to that XG of 24.36. That's, you know, minus 1.36. Kane was minus 3.69. Jota minus 2.35. Ronaldo almost on the button. You know, we know him to be a great finisher. So true to that, 0.79 plus. So he... His XG was 17.21. He scored 18 goals. Great. Well done for Ronaldo. Cheers. Um, and then Sun is just the man here because his XG is 16.99. Actual goals, 23. At Delta is plus 6.01. I mean, that is just unreal levels that, of sharp shooter finishing. That does tally with the... You know, the, the eye test of Sun, doesn't it? Like, he just pings it in with his left foot to the top corner. Like, he's amazing. Yeah. You're right. That tallies with uh, the knowledge of some. Yeah. And I know that the kind of eye test and the commentary we all get and the pundits will say, you give Sen a chance, he'll score. And this dip, the data backs it up massively. Um, that is huge. So we, look, we looked at that. That's the XG rankings. And then the actual goal scored rankings, so the top five actual scorers for last season. And this is where it differs a little bit from your analysis of the XA is you'll notice that there's some similar names here. So Salah and Son, both at the top with 23 goals. Ronaldo coming in third with 18 goals. Kane, you know, next 17, and then Mane with 16. So you'll notice straight off the bat, data versus reality, if you want to call it that, is four out of five of the mm-hmm. top, you know, uh, actual goal scorers for the season were in the top five of, of the ranking for the XG. So... The only replacement one was Mane scored more goals than than Jota. And, you know, that was only one goal difference. So what we're already starting to see as a pattern is the XG and actual goals, maybe the delta is different, but in terms of the rankings, it's pretty accurate. So, you know, top five goal scorers, um, oh, sorry, top five for XG players-wise, they're all in the top six actual goal scorers for the season. So, um you're already starting to think it's quite reflective and is going to be helpful to look at XG when you're kind of picking your players. Um, there is a bit more variability in the delta. So like the delta increases a little bit when you move out to the kind of top five goal scorers. Um, so I guess you would maybe kind of expect that the really good finishes would be quite close, wouldn't they? Like expected goals, actual goals, if they're good finishes, especially the big boys. But Vardy, for example, KDB and Zaha um, were all massive overperformers last year for their actual goals versus their XG. So um, none of them, none of those three I've just said, were in the top 15 players. Right? I think actually Zaha just came in for at, at 15th, but they were respectively kind of 7th, 8th and ninth in the top goal scorers. So, so there you're starting to see maybe some somewhere where you could use you can't use the data to pick out oh this player is going to perform well because they were performing much better in their actual goals and the data was saying you know they're kind of 15th or further down the list of potential players to score or return so so there it's maybe not so useful in those kind of outside of the top finishes for the season 
Um, it is notable. I looked into those players specifically because I thought that was interesting. You know, a lot of those players, those three players particularly, they were scoring in bunches, so like hot streaks, really. And you'd say like they were in particular hot form and therefore like score outperforming their XG in those particular games. So Vardy, for example, he scored one goal between game week 14 and 36. So if you happen to pick him in between those, then you've had a shocker and then you'll probably get him out of your team and then he'll bang in those those goals that we were talking about um, just, just a second ago in those points. So that seems a little bit like uh, a possible kind of slipping if you pick, try and pick where those players are going to perform because you get caught out there really. Um, the other point I was going to say is it, XG is really player focused, isn't it? I know we know we're looking at the players particularly, but I always thought about XG as having a, a link to the, the team. You know, if the player's scoring goals, it's because the team's enabling them to get into positions to score, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you look at it, City and Liverpool have the top two XG teams-wise for the season, home and away and overall, so undisputed. Liverpool have got two players both in those XG and actual goal scored top five. City have got none it's wild isn't it so who, it's like who was the highest city for xg um i didn't look at that actually but i think it may have been sterling i need to double check that yeah. but um but uh, i we know it's partly maybe because city rotate players and mm. they don't really get like a run of games together maybe or play consistently you don't have as many minutes as a lot of these other more consistent players like liverpool basically churn out they used to churn out those front three kind of going whenever they're available so yeah that i found that quite interesting and the other thing to point out is spurs are not in the top five teams or clubs in the prem for xg as as a team but they've got two players both in the in the top five xg and the top five actual scored so there doesn't seem to be as strong a link between the, the team's XG performance and, you know, the individual player, not as close as I thought there was going to be anyway. So I think you really just have to look at the player and go off of that. Um, what are the... I all, Sorry to interrupt you. And go, I'll go. never forget that amazing stat of the season before last when the highest scoring FPL point Man City player was Harrison playing for Leeds on loan. Nah, I don't know. So it was just like, as great as City are, you're right, the spread of the, the, the spread of the spoils, if you like, is so much that it's just rarely worth picking a City player. And that's, we'll do another video maybe on Haaland at some point and the new signings, but I just think I'll be avoiding Haaland big time at the start of the season, sort of regardless of price really, for that, for, for several reasons, but that being one of them. Um, yeah, and yeah. you were right. Sterling was the highest XG for City for the season at 15.78, for, so quite a lot. Um, and he got 13 goals. I was surprised how many goals Sterling got. Um, he, so is I feel like he wasn't like a big star of the season, was he, Sterling? But ticked yeah, away. Talk of him leaving as well. I mean, if, yeah. it seems mad if they'd let a player like that go, but and that's just yeah. Yeah, fickle. But yeah, and I thought that other interesting points to cover would be. Um, the biggest kind of underperformers tend to be kind of the non-elite forwards. So, you know, 
strikers outside of the top five kind of teams-ish. Kane's an exception to that. So I I kind of said underperformers, the plus or minus three. Kane was at minus 3.69 for the season. But, you know, casting our mind back, you know, there were periods of the season where we were saying Kane is just not doing it this year, isn't it? And uh, that did happen for periods. And then those, those were probably periods or games where that was massively contributing to that minus 3.69 whereas other parts of the season he was killing it again so so yeah that I think it is stray away from those top strikers and you are you are risky you're you're being more risky which I know sounds obvious but um the stats back that up um interesting point just a little fun point because I know you were a backer of this guy for a little part of the season biggest underperformer and I looked at the top 50 goal scorers here so that's not a small sample yeah. was uh Umbuemo, Umbuemo. so uh he was at minus 5.81 so oh, if Sun's a surprised, prolific... surprised Josh King wasn't wasn't pushing that, but <laughs> he was were, pretty bad as well those two were absolute trolls for us weren't they it was really just like you know, the smug hipster managers had Mbemo and King and then just the absolute Chad relaxed guys had Dennis and fucking Tony or whoever and were just cleaning the points despite the XG, just flying in the face of it. Um Yeah, that was that was painful. Those guys were painful. That 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 wound is still open <laughs> even now, but we'll not forget that. Um, but the last point to say really is I looked at Sun particularly because he does just shine out of that that plus six for this season. Thinking, so you know, is is this uh is this just lightning striking once? And um it isn't really, because looking at the last five seasons, he has overperformed his XG by a small margin or a large margin for the last all five last five seasons. And the last two particularly. He was plus 5.98 last year. Wow. Uh, the season before last, sorry. And then obviously the season just finished plus 6.01. So, I mean, you don't know if it's an indicator for, for next year because that is crazy numbers, but he will always, looking at that, he, he's always performed his XG, outperformed it. Yeah. I mean, he's he's amazing, isn't he? And yeah, I think he's a lock in my team for the start of next year. And it's been. I think a lot of people haven't slept on Son because, like, you do get him in your team throughout the year, but he's rarely talked of as, like, you need Son in week one, is he? But we probably should have had him in the last few years. He's that good. Um, His price will be up this year, though, won't it? Well, 23 goals. But he's he's always been underpriced, I think, hasn't he? Even despite his his high performance. I don't think he's ever been over 10, has he? Ever. Surely next year. He's got to be. Yeah, if he comes in at 11, that might test some people, I suppose. Um, but I think he's he's great. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, great work, Josh. Very interesting. So concluding-wise, what's it seems to me XG is a good indicator. Is that- For sure. I mean, obviously, we're looking at the sample of the whole season, but w- I think what it shows is the top strikers tend to track. So tend to track their, their XG against the actual goals. So even in a small sample, if you're looking after five games, six games, seven games, if one of those top strikers is rank one, then what you're saying is they're getting the chances and they should be scoring those chances. So I think it can contribute. It should be, it should be one of the first ports of call to look at. Yeah. And I guess it's weird though to me, because I, you would have, 
intuitively, because the XG is calculated by the average player scoring from that position, how often they score. So like, say you've got the ball in the box. It's how many times out of 10 you'd expect the average player to score from that position. So say it's 0.5 XG, you would expect the Canes and Ronaldos to score more than half the time from those chances. You know what I mean? So why aren't they overperforming it? It would be my question. You know, you'd think Kane, Kane and Ronaldo and Son is overperforming, obviously. You'd expect Kane and Ronaldo to have those Son-like overperformances. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, I don't know if this is actually true because I haven't drilled down into it, but the only thing I'd say is that when you watch footage of these players in training, they bang it, they bang them in every t- every time, don't they? They do. But you put them in a game with world class defenders breathing down their necks and they're playing at full tilt. That's when they, you know, miss chances or mm-hmm. make bad decisions. But um, I, I think we know if, if you put them on a training pitch and they're loose and they're the pressure's off, then they'll probably score a lot more goals than they would if they were, you know, mm-hmm. playing Burnley. Yeah, and in the better teams, they'll get, they will get more and better chances, won't they? To to kind of prove themselves from that 0.5 and up position, whereas a weg horse probably his xG is probably low because he only gets one shot a game from like a 0.1 position because that's what Burnley are giving him. So I guess, yeah, the better strikers playing better teams and so probably get more of a chance to. They get more shots, so they are more likely to match their XG, I guess. I, my guess would be the more you go down the ranks of XG, the wilder the fluctuations are either side. And it sounds like that's what you kind of saw as you went down. Yeah, and that's what I tried to pick out. I tried to pick out if there was any, like, diamond in the rough, weghorsed player who's like, yeah. this guy's outperforming his XG massively and he's playing for, you know, one of the bottom five teams. But yeah. you saw the three that I pointed out, Vardy, KDB and Saha. They're not unknowns. They're kind of known for being dangerous players. Oh, and they were the ones... And I think what we've caught them in, KDB doesn't, out, you know, kind of score that many goals um, year in, year out, or, you know, outperform his XG like that year in, year out. I think we've caught them in a good year. Vardy always does of a weird season for him but I think with KDB and Zaha they were just like had a good season basically yeah. yeah Zaha especially towards the end well and KDB towards the end I would say that one KDB game where he scored that hat trick was out well four goals didn't he it was outrageous yeah but, but predicting that I think that's the thing is that predicting that is yeah. difficult and that's where you can't rely on the data for those like that's where you have to just kind of use your eye test and and try to predict and be a bit risky and bolshy as an FPL manager and, and take a risk on those guys. But I think your bread and butter forwards and attacking players in general, you know, the XG is showing, the data is showing that they're pretty much on the button. Yeah, if you're, if you're picking a, a set and forget team for the season, the XG data is invaluable, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas because, as you say, you could bring in a Vardy in game week 14 and he goes seven weeks without and then get him out and he scores five. So yeah, he isn't great for that. Um, and that's where you take into account injuries, fixtures, team form and all the other crap, don't you? Um, but it is useful. I think that's the conclusion. You're right. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. 
Um, but yeah, the, you're right to say the team one is crazy of how Man City have the highest and yet their players aren't in individually in the charts. It's it's wild. It yeah, wild. I think we didn't cover it, obviously, but um, goals against, expected goals against or goals to concede is that's where it may be helpful for defenders. And maybe we can cover that separately in a, mm. in a separate video. But I think that is where, if you're looking for clean sheet points, and I know that's not everyone's highest priority for defender picks. A lot of people pick attacking defenders, but you know that, that that's where you may have to look to to find helpful information on that. Yeah, goals against is strange, isn't it? Because like if you it's rare you pick a premium keeper. So it's like not like clean sheets or even what you're going for with a keeper, because you want the guy that's making all the saves and getting the save points. And as you say, defenders, you're looking at teams that will get have attacking defenders. So clean sheets almost become a bit irrelevant if you play FPL a certain way. Yeah, it's risky as well. You don't want to watch you don't want to be watching a game with one of your assets and wait waiting 90 minutes to try and get some clean sheet points. It's just not fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm interested because XG and XA and now they're becoming, they're in the mainstream now, aren't they? Like they're on FIFA. You yeah. can see what your XG was for a game. So I think the next iteration layer above this for this, what the statisticians bring out will be interesting. Like it's already getting... Um, Normalised. Yeah, and like, well, it's getting more granular, isn't it? It's getting like, oh, expected goal involvement or expected yeah. pressing or expected one. Like, it's getting really, really granular, isn't it? This data now. Um, more data, data, data. Data, data, data. Yeah, so it'll be interesting what happens over the next few years with um, with this. And if it can, if someone can build a model that really tallies with, with it, because I think there's a way to go, certainly with the XA data, there's a way to go. It needs more refinement before it gets um, more accurate. But XG's come come a long way, I think. And yeah, you're right. Proves useful. Nice. Good conclusions. Good conclusions. Very well researched, Josh. Very good. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little snippet. That's the kind of stuff we're going to be giving you now. This 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 stuff. Forget. Don't we haven't even mentioned game week one, have we? I haven't even mentioned who we're picking. So exactly. No captaincy mentions. Don't no, worry about nothing it. Nothing useful will be there. <laughs> so there you go. No, that's good. That's good. And you know, next summer maybe we'll revisit it again and see if the our conclusions change. Time will tell. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's it for this one, Jack. And uh, tune in for more of this other topics that we've got lined up. Can't wait. Yeah. Good. See you soon. Thanks, Josh. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye bye.